Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Complete Sports Media's podcast. I'm your host, Darren Campbell, and Jason Cameron's joining me for a weekend wrap-up of sports as usual on Monday. How you doing, buddy? Ah, doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. It was, it's Monday. Yeah. Mondays are, I don't, I don't know, man. Mondays are always so hard. It's just <laughs> like, uh, because for me, every time I go into Monday, I go, uh, so I still got four more days. Awesome. Yeah. It's great. I know. I, uh, I I took uh, every Monday off on my uh, last job, and man, did it ever make a big difference! I I felt so much happier. I just felt so much more refreshed. Uh, it was just phenomenal to do that. And um, yeah, I, I don't know how long you know we are with the with this show we're working on together, but uh, I just decided to do full time for now. But uh, once we get going on our show, I think I'll go back to the four days a week. And I think it's just way better for mental health and physical health and everything. So, well, yeah, because you, you, you take away 12 hours. So instead you're actually working like almost like a normal human being, like just 48, you know, so that, that's, that's actually pretty good. That's really good. <laughs> I know exactly. Yeah. I had a great morning, though. I got to drive out to Chilliwack and back. Uh, really uh, took care of the whole morning. And uh, so that was a nice way to start my Monday. Uh, I realized today was October 25th. So it's exactly two months today until Christmas. Uh, you got your tree up. You got your shopping done. You uh, all ready for Christmas now? Yeah, you bet. Trees up. Oh, man, it's Christmas over here, buddy. Wow. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. Oh, man. I, you know what? I'm, I'm usually pretty bad for that. Like I, I sometimes leave it right to the last second. I'm going to try to do my shopping earlier, but I do do myself a favor. Gift cards. Oh, Gift cards work. Good. That's thing. what I do. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, that always helps because, you know, it's hard to find, uh, you know, gifts for people all the time so they can just go pick what they want. Right. Exactly. And especially with the fact that we're still dealing with the COVID. So I already heard off the radio, expect uh, delays in shipping if you're going to get stuff for Christmas. Expect tremendous delays. Actually, for those that are listening out there, get your gifts now if you got to order away for it. Get them right now because it's yeah. going to take some time. Did you hear about that uh, ship that encountered some rough waters in a storm uh, off the coast of the island and it dumped 40 containers in the ocean. Oh, that's got to suck. Yeah. Uh, what, what was in those containers? Like they're, cars? They're not, they're not really sure. <laughs> there was hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of containers on the ship, maybe even into the thousands. Uh, it encountered this bad weather, uh, flipped these containers right off the ship. And actually, uh, there was a fire that started, and they said about 10 of the containers just got engulfed in flames and completely destroyed everything inside. I guess the, the containers that landed in the water, they said they actually float. So they're going to be able to somehow salvage them and get them out, but I'm not sure if the water can get in them and make damage, you know, damage the materials, but all my presents were on those containers. So uh, <laughs> yeah, don't, don't expect presents for a while, everybody. Uh, maybe not until spring or something. Okay, that's a good way to cover for yourself. Right on. Good stuff. <laughs> I always have to try to uh, think a little bit ahead because I got a lot of family in Australia and I have to try to um, think, uh, you know, about sending presents. I used to send presents and it was, 
unbelievable. The the uh, cost of sending the present was more than the present actually cost to purchase. So uh, yeah. I've decided to send uh, double the amount of money, and so the person's going to get the you know double the amount of a gift instead of me having to ship a gift. That's smart. That's smart. That, that that's a that's a good way of going about it. And especially, actually, you know what? I just thought of this. I don't know if this is a thing, but shipping costs actually might go up now too during the Christmas holidays because of how just how difficult everything is right now. Yeah, I'm imagining it uh, probably will. Uh, yeah, they, you know, most companies like to take advantage of situations and you know make more money if they can. Yes, yes, because that's why you're in business is to make money. As much as you can. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we're going to talk about week seven of the NFL. We're going to talk about the UFC uh, Vegas 41, as well as some NBA, first week of the NBA. Uh, the Monday nighter is in progress. We're into the third quarter, 13 and a half minutes left. And uh, it's a 10-10 tight ball game. Uh, this wraps up week seven. Uh, Seahawks have been reeling ever since Russell Wilson went down, Geno Smith taking over, uh, but they um, really held in tough against Pittsburgh uh, last week, uh, making a really big comeback uh, this week. Um, yeah, they're looking good. Uh, DK Metcalf with an 84 yard touchdown play. Uh, did you see the play? Did, were you able to get a chance to see it? No, I, I, I missed it. I missed it. They, uh, they threw a, a uh, sideline pass to him. Marshawn Lattimore uh, and him were battling. Uh, Marshawn ended up tripping and falling. DK got the ball. Uh, Marcus Williams came over to make the tackle. He evaded him and went all the way down the sideline for the touchdown. Uh, it was a beautiful play, as usual, from DK. Uh, and then the Saints ended up getting their touchdown from Alvin Kamara. Uh, man, he, they've been utilizing him like crazy. This first half, this is his first half stats. Eight catches, 109 yards and a touchdown, 13 carries, 29 yards. So, um, you know, he's touched the ball 21 times in the first half and uh, scored their TD. Uh, they're going to just drive this guy right into the ground, aren't they? Yeah, yes, of course, because, like, that's the only – that's this is their best chance of winning. Get the ball in your best player's hands, your best offensive weapon. So, And he is by far their best offensive weapon. Jason Myers missed a field goal earlier, 44 yards, uh, but he was able to just get a field goal recently to tie the score at 10. Uh, Seahawks sitting at two and four. A lot of people around here on the West Coast are just completely writing them off. They're in the toughest division with the Cardinals undefeated, Rams uh, six and one. Uh, do you think the Seahawks, we can write them off already? I, I, don't, I don't want to, but here's the thing when is Wilson coming back from that injury? Like how many more weeks are we looking at here? Like one, two, three more games possibly, you know, like I, I don't think he has really a timetable as of yet. So the, the longer he's out, the, the worse our chances, the Seahawks chances get of uh, doing, doing well this season. Yeah. Uh, Geno Smith's number so far, eight out of 1518 yards and a TD. Uh, Alex Collins has had 12 carries, only 29 yards. Uh, Travis Homer, one carry, 14 yards. Geno's got three carries, 13 yards. Uh, the, the really, really rough weather isn't as bad as they expected. Uh, we saw the weather on the Sunday night or last night. It was a torrential downpour, but um, not as bad tonight. So uh, they, I think they can get some things done through the air. 
Mm -hmm. I believe I believe that is correct. They can definitely get some uh, work downfield through the air. So, uh, and it looks like they're going to have to attack through the air here if they want to take this, get this win. Yeah. Uh, National Tight Ends Day was yesterday. Uh, a lot of tight ends really um, had incredible games, uh, but uh, it's kind of wild that they have a National Tight Ends Day throughout the U.S. Yeah. Has that always been a thing? Like, like they, they really were pumping it on yeah. football night in America. Like, yeah. like every almost second thing that they said was like National Tight Ends Day. National Tight Like, I'm just like, okay, I get it. I get it. It's Tight Ends Day. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it was kind of bizarre uh, how much they pumped it. I, I think it's only been in uh, in progress for maybe about three years. I think I heard yeah, that yeah. Uh, George Kittle started it. Oh, okay. That, I like that guy. That guy's pretty cool. So yeah. that's a solid move on George Kittle's part. Okay, yeah. I'm down. I'm it, down. Sheds, it sheds a lot more light on, on a guy. Uh, if you're not a huge uh, football fan, you know, you just think of receivers as receivers, but, um, yeah. you know, the tight ends have really started to be super prominent on many teams. Uh, a guy that's super reliable, goes across the middle, a lot of size, but still a lot of speed, great hands. Um, you know, they, be, they are becoming uh, probably one of the most valuable pieces on a team these days. Yeah, yeah, and also, too, can stay in and, and block for you and is a good blocker, Lots of especially blocks. those – those tight ends that are actually polished, yeah. so to speak. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, as I said, the Cardinals are the only unbeaten team still left in the NFL. Uh, the Lions are the only winless team. Uh, yeah, we'll have to touch on both of them. Uh, the Chiefs get blown out. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is really uh, struggling, not uh, not looking too good, uh, especially uh, when he get when he took that knee in the head. And had to leave the game. Uh, I think a lot of Chiefs fans were really pretty worried when that happened. Yeah, as you should and would be, since that's your half billion dollar player took a knee to the head. I can't believe I just said it like that, but that's how much he's getting paid. So yeah, your half billion dollar player. Yeah, you don't ever want to see him get injured or anything because if he goes out, they have no shot winning. <laughs> like, uh, no kidding, yeah. They have nothing. nothing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure what's wrong with them. Uh, their defense is um, really starting to have a lot of troubles, and it seems like Mahomes is trying to do too much. He's running around. Uh, he's getting tackled, fumbling the ball. He's throwing it places where he shouldn't. Uh, I think they're starting to, you know, squeeze the ball a little tighter, as they say, because they're starting to fall behind in that West. And, uh, yeah, they're looking like, you know, they're going to have some – Troubles making the playoffs if they can't turn this around soon. Yeah, yeah, they're 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 going to have to do something to shake things up, I believe. And uh, they, like, I don't know if it has to be the defensive schemes have to change or something of that nature. But um, and also too, Patrick Mahomes, I think he needs to just take a step back because I think he is trying to do too much. He's pushing too hard. I think he just should kind of break it back down to the fundamentals and just play solid, good, clean football. Yeah. Uh, we're only uh, one week away tomorrow from the trade deadline. So uh, if teams need to address some issues and problems, uh, I'm amazed that the trade deadline happens so early in the season in the NFL. Yeah, I know. It's, it's kind of weird. 
it's kind of weird how it, it happens so quickly. And I, I guess one of the the big uh, talking points about who could possibly be traded is Deshaun Watson. Mm. Is he actually going to go to another team or is he not going to go anywhere? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I hear rumors, but uh, I wouldn't really think about touching that guy. Uh, he's got 22 civil lawsuits, 10 criminal uh, charges against him. Uh, you know, just cannot seem to uh, get out of this trouble. Uh, it looks like he's, he's in for some, you know, a, a lot of legal troubles coming up. And I don't know if you really want to bring that onto your team. I wouldn't. If I'm a GM, I'd just be like, well, I think I'll just roll with what I got because there's no way that I want to bring that into my locker room. I wouldn't want to do that. Um, so yeah, we're, we're definitely seeing, uh, pretenders and contenders happening in this, uh, football season. Uh, it's probably, uh, yeah, it's really shaping up. You're seeing the, the, uh, cream of the crop rise to the top. Um, definitely the Super Bowl champions are still looking great. And Tom Brady, uh, set another record 600th touchdown of his illustrious career. And, um, he passed uh, Drew Brees last year. Uh, Brees sits at second place with 571. Aaron Rodgers in, is in third with 427. So uh, a lot of TV passes away to get to that 600 number. Um, Brady has more touchdowns than the Panthers, Ravens, Jags, and Texans have in the history of their franchises. <laughs> It's just so ridiculous. It's just, and it's just so utterly ridiculous. Like, how about this? All these records that Brady's now breaking and surpassing, who's going to break those? <laughs> yeah, like, like, honestly, who's, who's going to do that? Like, who is actually going to be able to break these? Because yeah. whoever that person is, we're not going to be alive to see them. We're just not. Yeah. It's not gonna no, be it's, it seems absolutely incredible. It seems like he's pushing the record book. Uh, out of reach for pretty much everybody uh, like Wayne Gretzky. I think when Wayne Gretzky retired from the NHL in 1999, he had 60 NHL records and I think he still has 60 NHL records. So uh, yeah, there, there are athletes that just far and away uh, elite better than everybody else. And it looks like Tom's in that category for sure with those seven Super Bowl titles and, you know, all the things that he's done, but, uh, the records and and he he looks still great. He's just so uh, poised. He knows what his limitations are. He knows what what he's good at. And every single week, he seems like he's doing something more incredible. And and on top of everything else, he has his health and he still has that golden godlike arm that just doesn't seem to ever quit. Like it just uh, it doesn't age. His his arm, his throwing arm, does not age. It's just like ah, still got zip on the ball. I'm still good. <laughs> uh, Mike Evans got three TDs from him yesterday. The one that was the 600th TD, Evans just went over to the stands and threw the ball into the stands. And uh, when he went and sat down, they went, Hey, where the hell's that ball? And he said, Oh, just toss it away. And they said, That's Brady 600th. That's not good. You got to get that. So uh, they ended up sending a, a team official over and uh, convinced the guy that had the 600th ball to give it up, uh, which, uh, you know, you and I talked about this a little bit earlier today. 
Uh, supposedly that ball's worth about a half a million dollars. And uh, I think this guy's probably kicking himself all day when he heard those reports because uh, definitely he didn't get that from Tampa Bay when he handed it over. I definitely would never be giving back that football. I would, I honestly, I'd be like, well, I guess we can talk about numbers, but otherwise, no, yeah. that's it. Because like, there's nothing they could do about it either. No. So, nah, you gave no. me the football, football is now mine. Thank you very much. God bless. That's it. <laughs> yeah. that, that's all I would do, man. Yeah. The world of collectibles is incredible. And, uh, you know, I, I was really shocked um, that it would be worth that kind of money, but uh, it makes sense. Uh, people are willing to pay big, big bucks for a lot of collectibles. And uh, I heard yesterday, I'm going to pull this up here. I heard yesterday, Michael Jordan's sneakers, uh, rookie shoes sold for $1.472 million from Sotheby's Vegas. It was the shoes that he wore in his fifth ever NBA game. They were the Nike airships and that surpassed the highest ever price that they had paid for game ward shoes before, which were Jordan's as well. Uh, August, 2020, somebody paid 615 K for his shoes that he wore in an exhibition game in Italy in the preseason uh, where he absolutely smashed the backboard. He grabbed the hoop, smashed the backboard down. There was a piece of glass that was embedded in the sole of the shoe, and that was one of the ways they could authenticate it, and it sold for 615k. but these shoes yesterday sold for double that, and uh, man, I really wish I would have kept uh, some of those early Jordans. Yeah, yeah, I know. So, so do I. So do I. And then with us saying it like this, again, that dude who's a nicer dude than I am that gave back that football, no freaking way. I'm sorry. Because here's the other thing. Who's the next person that's going to get to 600? Yeah. 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 No, you don't get back that football. Yeah. Sorry. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, I remember Mark McGuire's ball. I think it sold for three and a half million dollars, something in that range. And uh, Barry Bonds broke the home run record a couple years later, and it, it pretty much made that ball uh, useless and, and it wasn't worth anything anymore. But I don't see that football becoming <laughs> useless because nobody's going to get to that 600 mark. Exactly. Nobody's going to get to it. If anything, it's going to appreciate in value. Yeah. It's just going to make more money. Again, I, I don't know who that individual is. And uh, I don't want to make him feel bad, but you know, that's a lot of money that you just <laughs> gave back for free. I hope, I really do hope that uh, the Bucks treat that fan with everything that they have, because then he, he, he had all the rights to not give back. The football. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. I saw him being interviewed and he said, Hey, when Tom Brady asked you to, hand something over you just do he's such a such a legend such an icon love the guy had to do it but um yeah i'm sure he's kicking himself today uh that half a million dollars definitely would have made a difference in his life and uh oh, yeah. there was another but there was another moment in the game where uh tom brady went over uh took his hat off signed it gave it to a kid the kid was holding up a sign that said tom brady saved my life uh 
as I struggled with brain cancer. And uh, it was a really, really poignant moment when he uh, handed him his hat, he shook his hand. The kid burst into tears. I think tears were flowing all over the place. It was a really good moment from a, from a really good guy. Uh, you, you know, I know a lot of people don't love him because <laughs> he's, you know, broke their hearts. But uh, another example of, you know, a, a good human being, still humble and, and able to do stuff like this for, you know, some fans, uh, even though he is the greatest of all time. Yeah, man, it's uh, it's that human element that sometimes we forget that these guys are a part of, right? They're part of our society. We put them on this huge pedestal, but uh, it's uh, very rewarding to see when they do give back, yeah. you know. And especially after Brady just does what he does in that game, wins the game, thirty-eight to three, two hundred eleven yards, four touchdowns, three to Mike Evans. Then he has to look at Mike and say. Hey, man, where'd that 600 ball go? Oh, you just gave it away? Hey, thanks, buddy. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah, geez. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad for Mike's sake that uh, they ended up getting the ball because he might have not got any balls the rest of this season. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> or, or, he would, or he would have told Mike and said, hey, man, you're going to have to pay that guy some money to get my ball back. <laughs> yeah. Break out the checkbook there, Mike. Yeah, uh, we need that ball. Yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah, so uh, okay. Well, the game's still ten ten. We're uh, we're down to about six minutes left in the fourth here. Uh, ooh. ooh, big hit by Hawks on Jameis Winston. I, yep. Uh oh, I think they're calling. Oh, uh, yeah, they're calling that. They're calling that because he went head hunting. Ah, uh, geez. Yeah. Uh, look at Pete Carroll. Big first down there. Yeah, we'll oh, keep yeah. our eyes on it. Uh, Hawks sitting two and four. Uh, they haven't been uh, this bad at the beginning of the season since 2015. But that year they came back and uh, finished 10 and six, made the playoffs, had a huge upset win against the Vikings. So it's not over. Um, you know, a lot of people around here have given up on them, but I don't think uh, you should. Uh, if you're a Hawks fan, keep with them and. Uh, I think they still have an opportunity to get a wild card spot. Yeah, yeah, of course, man. Like if you're if you're a true fan, you're just gonna stick with the team through thick and thin, because like, you know, the Seahawks the Seahawks aren't that bad. At the end of the day, they aren't. Because think of this, Maple Leafs fans, those people just ask for it all the time. Like they just suffer their whole life, decades of suffering. Think <laughs> no. about that. Yeah, that's awful. 1967, Leafs haven't won a cup. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, more than most of our lifetimes. So, yeah, uh, there was a really moving tribute to Matt Hasselbeck at halftime. Uh, he got he joined the ring of honor. Uh, he seemed super pumped. Uh, the, the, the fans went crazy. Uh, great to see a good guy like that get uh, recognized. Yeah, yeah, man. I, I, I liked uh, uh, Matt Hasselbeck's tenor and time in the Seahawks uniform. I always liked him as a quarterback and uh, better human being. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, okay. Well, um, we usually get into the NFC West. Why don't we go there? Uh, let's talk about the uh, 49ers. Uh, they, they played in a Sunday nighter and they lost to the Colts uh, 30 to 18. Uh, the Colts took advantage of San Francisco's four turnovers. As I mentioned a little earlier, pretty brutal storm there. Uh, hard to keep hold of the ball. Uh, Carson Wentz looked pretty good. 
And Jonathan Taylor was um, great as usual. Michael Pittman had a lot of yards through the air. Um, but yeah, Colts are looking good. Uh, Niners, um, yeah, they didn't look so great last night. No, no, they they really didn't. Um, could say that's possibly due to the weather or probably more to the point uh, due to the Colts defense, which really stepped up, uh, causing a, a ton of turnovers and chaos for the 49ers offense. Um, and, and Wentz was solid, solid. Yeah. 17 to 26, 150 yards, two touchdowns, and then four carries for 23 yards and yet another touchdown. Yeah. Taylor, 18 attempts, 107 yards, one touchdown, and Pittman through the air, four receptions, 105 yards, one touchdown. Yeah, man. Uh, the Colts uh, – Colts don't look bad right now. Yeah. In a good spot. Yeah, I'm pretty impressed with them. Yeah. Uh, 49ers, Jimmy G uh, had a couple picks. Wasn't great. Debo Samuel, good as usual. Seven catches, 100 yards on TD. And Eli Mitchell also had 100 yards on the ground uh, and a touchdown. But, um, yeah, the, the Niners keep falling further down the list and uh, down at the bottom uh, with the Seahawks. So, uh, they better pull up the sock soon. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, the Colts host the Titans uh, in the early window on Sunday. The Niners go to Chicago to play the Bears in the early window. Uh, next week, the Saints host the Bucks, 125 on Sunday. And Seattle plays the Jags on 105 on Sunday. So, um, yeah, kind of a probably an easy win there. For the Seahawks, so um, they'll be able to, uh, yeah, maybe pull the 500 if they can pull off this this win tonight. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, Cardinals only undefeated team. They won 31 to five over Houston. Uh, this was the return of DeAndre Hopkins and JJ Watt to Houston. They were able to face their former team, and uh, those teams are going in opposite directions, big time. <laughs> Uh, Arizona looks phenomenal. Houston looks terrible. Uh, everybody's still cursing O'Reilly for making those trades. Uh, yeah, it's just ridiculous how one-sided that trade is. It might be might go down as one of the lop, most lopsided trades in the history of NFL. It should. It actually should. It's like it, it, you might as well have said, I'm going to give you a stick of bubble gum, and then you give me your best receiver. Actually, one of the best receivers in the league thank you <laughs> sorry sorry johnson I, I don't mean to really equate you to a stick of bubble gum but you kind of are at this point in time you kind of are <laughs> yeah it's it's incredible uh arizona uh outgained houston 397 to 160 yards houston only had eight first downs two of 13 on third down and oh of two on fourth down um they had seven punts uh they just really looked rough uh kyler murray was good as usual 261 yards three touchdowns um good ground game from arizona as usual uh, chase edmonds had a td and james connor had a td uh zach Ertz has really uh emerged uh great uh pass catching tight end for them three catches 66 yards and a touchdown AJ Green had a three touchdowns for three three catches for 66 yards and DeAndre um looking good as usual Christian Kirk touchdown man that uh, that offense is just chugging along and uh yeah I don't know uh, they 
They play Green Bay on Thursday, which uh, probably be their toughest test uh, for a long time. If they can get past them undefeated, look out, Miami Dolphins. Uh, they might uh, be able to pull it off this year and go all the way. Yeah, and just what you've already said, they got weapons everywhere. Like even Zach Ertz, when he scored his 47-yard score for the touchdown, he was just like, I haven't seen that much green in front of me in years. <laughs> I was just like, oh. Oh, okay, just gonna trot in for the score, yeah. and it's like, well, it's like that, and he realizes it's like that because he has DeAndre Hopkins over here, he's got AJ Green over there, he's got Kirk over. Like he's just like, oh, okay, it's, it's kind of nice playing on a really good team. This yeah, is nice. no kidding. I'm sure he wished he would have gone a lot sooner. As soon as that uh, Super Bowl team happened in Philly, he must he probably should have left and went somewhere a lot greener pastures because. Yeah, it's been amazing. And and speaking of, you know, trades, they, I couldn't believe uh, what they only gave up to get Zach Ertz, who's one, been one of the best tight ends for the last 10 years. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's – I don't know who that GM is for the Cardinals, but he's a freaking magician. Yeah. He really is. Hey, man, give me Zach Ertz. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to Jedi mind trick you. Done. You get Zach Ertz. Give me DeAndre Hopkins. Done. You get him. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. He should be GM of the year every year. It's incredible. The moves he's made. Uh, David Johnson was the guy that got traded for Deandre Hopkins. Uh, he got seven carries, 25 yards, 3.6 average, just yeah, average, uh, had five catches for 27 yards, 5.4, you know, per, per uh, catch. So, uh, he's not lighting the world on fire there. That's for sure. No, no, he's not. But then again, uh, the Texans as a team are not lighting the world on fire. They're actually going down in flames. Yeah. Everything's burning around them. One and <laughs> six, not looking good. Uh, and it could get worse. They host the Rams uh, next week and this coming weekend. And then Arizona, as I said, uh, with the Packers, um, I'm sure looking forward to that game. Uh, seeing, seeing Kyler Murray face Aaron Rodgers, uh, that's going to be an incredible game. Oh, it's going to be a great game. And then yet again, another great Thursday night game. Yeah. Another one. Yeah, they've been doing a great job with uh, putting some fantastic matches up, matchups together. Uh, Saints are first in goal. Uh, three minutes left here. Uh, Seattle has actually had a goal line stand already. Stopped them on fourth down on the one-yard line. So um, they better uh, try to pull off the same thing here. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully they can actually make a goal line stand because uh, there's not a lot, of, not a lot of time left in this game. No, no it's ticking away for sure. Away. Um, okay, the Rams sit in second place in the NFC West. Uh, they are doing great. Uh, big victory over the Lions, twenty-eight nineteen. Uh, we spoke about DeAndre and JJ Watt returning. This was the Return of a really one-sided trade as well between Detroit and L.A., Matthew Stafford, Jared Goff, changing changing teams. And both those teams are going in opposite directions as well. Yes, they are. But, but, I am actually going to give the Lions some credit. Yeah. They really tried to win this game. Yeah. Tried so very hard. Failed. Yeah. But they tried. They yeah. really did. The onside kick. Uh, the fake punts, yeah. like, and they were successful on all three, two fake punts and the one onside kick, wow. successful on all of it. Still not enough. 
Yeah. Still not enough to win. They were up early. They had a 10 nothing lead and they were, um, yeah, they seemed to, you know, be trying their best to, to win, which is good because, you know, we have seen other organizations try their worst to finish at the bottom of the league so they could get number one draft pick. But uh, yeah, it looked like the Lions really wanted to do their best to, to win, but uh, not enough weapons there for them to do it. No, no, just, just, not, just, just not enough. And man, I, I, I hope their head coach didn't cry this time around, but he, he might have. He did, yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, has the same last name as me, but uh, I can keep it together a little more than he can. So uh, he's given us Campbell's a bad name. Yeah, well, you know, but I get it though. Like this team, like you just tearing his heart out every yeah. week. This, yeah, 53 kids that uh, just won't won't win for him. <laughs> <laughs> um, DeAndre Swift is a, a talent, though. Uh, I think he's a guy like uh, Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey. Uh, he had eight catches, 96 yards and a TD, and he had a le- uh, 13 carries for 48 yards. Uh, yeah, he's one of those Swiss Army Knife type backs that, um, yeah, they seem to be utilizing a lot, and, and he's, he's generating a lot of offense for them. Yeah, no, he he looked really good in this uh, game, and uh, hopefully he they can continue to develop him and his skills because I think that uh, they found themselves a little hidden gem within the organization with that guy. Cooper Cup is having an MVP type of season. Another ten catches, 156 yards, and a couple touchdowns. Um, Matthew Stafford just must love this guy. Oh yeah, like uh, they're they're the they're the one-two punch. Like they're they're right up there with uh, Jamar Chase and and Burroughs right now for one two punches in the league because uh, as soon as you get it the ball within Cup's airspace he's catching the ball yeah. that's it he's gonna catch it and uh, I was surprised to see that Daryl Henderson actually going into this weekend was uh, the third highest leading rusher in the NFC so um, yeah that that really surprised me when I saw that um, he he didn't have a phenomenal game here but. Uh, he's, he's had a great season so far. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's, I'm actually a little bit surprised at that too, as well, but it just goes to, goes to show just how talented they are across the board. This team that even a guy that's actually having a great season can be missed. Yeah. Uh, did you see the, uh, pick by Jalen Ramsey in the end zone off Jared Goff? Uh, I wonder if he gave it to him after the game, uh, cause they were teammates for a long time. I pretty sure I would. <laughs> it's like, thank you for the pass to me. By the way, we don't play together anymore. <laughs> I, I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the Rams are six and one, one game back of Arizona, Seahawks and the Niners, both two and four. So, going in the, the wrong direction. As I said before, Rams host the Texans. And the Lions host the Eagles in that early window. Uh, okay, let's switch to the NFC North. Uh, Green Bay Packers won their sixth in a row. Uh, their defense was phenomenal. Uh, two huge fourth and goal uh, situations where they stopped Washington, and that was really the difference. Uh, Aaron Rodgers had a good day, three touchdowns, 274 yards. Devontae had a TD, Tunyon had a TD, Lazard, Aaron Jones uh, didn't have a big day, but the passing attack was great. 
Washington, uh, yeah, they, if they would have punched in, uh, the touchdown that Taylor Heineke got stopped right at the goal line, he kind of gave himself up, and they and they would have uh, maybe had that other touchdown. It would have been a tight game, but uh, Green Bay still pulled it off and had their sixth win in a row. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, Packers looking fantastic, and their defense actually showed up this time around and really solidified the win, yeah. which was nice, obviously. And Rodgers is just doing what MVP Rodgers does, 27 to 35, 274, the three touchdowns. Like, yeah, man, like he, he just looks – yeah, I guess there was really nothing to worry about, like he said, yeah. that first week. Yeah, no, exactly, yeah. R-E-L-A-X, like you said. Yeah. Uh, Heineke had a good game, looked good. Uh, Terry McLaurin is a good weapon for him, 122 yards in the TD. And Ricky Seals-Jones had the other six catches. But, um, yeah, uh, Washington's just, uh, yeah, going through the motions this year. They head to Denver for a 125 start. And, uh, as I said a few times already, Green Bay and Arizona on the Thursday. Uh, okay, let's talk about the uh, Bears. We, we talked a little bit about uh, – Tom Brady and the Bucks destroying them 38 to six bears now are three and four. Um, Justin Fields is 22 years old, half the age of Tom Brady. It was the largest gap of age of two starting quarterbacks in NFL history. And uh, Fields has got a lot to learn to, before he can have any type of career like, like Tom Brady. I'm sure he's also thinking, Man, I wish I was on that team. It's a good team. <laughs> you know, like, uh, I, uh, yeah, he's got a lot of growing pains to go through. But, hey, every quarterback has gone through it. Even uh, Tom Brady did, probably for a shorter amount of time than you are. But, yes, even oh. he had to go through his growing pains as well. So, yeah, it takes a long time to become the GOAT, which is what he is. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, so Seattle was able to hold them. They uh, kicked the field goal. Seattle's got the ball. Uh, just had the two-minute warning. So um, Geno Smith is taking over to try to march them down and get a touchdown. A field goal to force overtime if they, they can't punch it in. So, uh, yeah, we'll keep our eyes on that. Uh, DK Metcalf just had a drop there. But, uh, yeah, 151. Seahawks only have one timeout uh, left. Uh, Russell Wilson is on the sideline looking concerned, but uh, let's see if they can at least uh, at least put it into overtime, maybe get a, an opportunity at a win here. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully they can do that. Um, now Geno Smith is going to have to show his child. Oh, man, that's not good. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's not good. That's not no. good. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the defense uh, for Tampa Bay. A lot of people don't talk about the defense as much. Uh, they they really were great. Uh, three picks of Justin uh, Fields. They sacked him four times. Uh, two by JPP, and he had a strip sack as well. Fumble, and uh, so did Shaq Barrett. Uh, Antoine Winfield had a sack and. Holy cow, man! That defense is lethal. They uh, they make it tough, tough, tough on on their opponents. Yes, they do. And on top of everything else, their secondary is so ridiculously banged up, yet they're still performing at this kind of level, yeah. which is, 
I'm amazed. It's I really amazing. am. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, Tampa Bay plays the Saints, uh, the late window 125 next Sunday, and Chicago hosts the Niners. Uh, the Falcons got a big last second win over the Dolphins, 30 to 28. Um, they got a nice long field goal right at the at the buzzer to even their record at three and three. Miami fell to one and six. Matty Ice was phenomenal, 336 yards and a couple touchdowns. And Kyle Pitts, their tight end, had another really phenomenal game. Seven catches, 163 yards, and one of them was highlight reel variety, incredible one-handed catch right on the sideline. Uh, this guy is is really talented. Uh, he's having a phenomenal year. Yeah, he is that good. He's as good as advertised. And I love the fact that when he made that one-handed catch, he made, it was just so nonchalant. Like, just stick my palm out there, grab the ball. Awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you got to be happy with uh, Atlantic getting him. Holy cow, man. This guy looks um, looks like a superstar already. Yeah, he's he's solid, solid. And I'm just, you know what? I'm just happy that the Falcons actually were able to win a close one here because they could have very well have lost this game, but they did it. Yeah. Yes. Russell Gage had a really nice touchdown catch uh, right at the goal line there. Calvin Ridley had a TD. Cordell Patterson had a TD on the ground. Uh, Deion Jones was an absolute beast for them. 11 tackles and one sack. And uh, Ola Kuhn had eight tackles, five assists, and an interception. So... Um, great defensive effort from them as well. Uh, Two, a pretty good game, but a couple picks uh, really hurt them. Um, he has he has some pretty good weapons there, but um, seems like he's struggling as well. Yeah, he he seems like he's struggling. Um, but yeah, he did have two interceptions, but he did also throw for four touchdowns. It's just the team just can't seem to get over the hump. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, it just seems like there's something limiting them from like winning, you know? So uh, it's just one of those things that they're just going to have to go through their growing pains and just uh, try to get wins where they can. Uh, but uh, I really like the re- receiver, Gusecki, yeah. 85 yards, one TD. He's been pretty consistent all year. Yeah. Great tight end on national tight ends day. Seven catches, 85 yards and a TD. Uh, Seahawks just lost. Uh, yep. somehow they got pushed back to fourth and 28 way back in their uh, end close to their goal line and, uh, threw it up, uh, for, I think it was DK and, um, the ball was knocked away and with a minute left, there'll just be some kneel downs and this game will be over. Seahawks fall to two and five. The saints will go to four and two and, uh, another heartbreaker for the Hawks. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate, but this is what happens when you lose your starting quarterback and uh, you have this, yeah, yeah, you you have this hardships that you have to try to overcome. Yeah, stuff. Um, okay, Atlanta hosts the Panthers, who um, benched Sam Darnold uh, this past weekend, and the Dolphins play Buffalo. Uh, the Dolphins were shut out by Buffalo earlier in this year, so. It might get even worse down in Miami. Uh, the Panthers, as I mentioned, they were uh, shut down by the Giants, twenty-five to three. Um, no wonder Darnold uh, was benched. Uh, pretty uh, rough performance uh, by by them. They really didn't generate much. 
Uh, even Chuba Hubbard was shut down um, 12 carries for 28 yards and four catches, 28 yards as well. Uh, DJ Moore, you know, tried his best six, six catch for 73 yards, but, um, but Daniel Jones looked good. Uh, Giants are decimated with injuries, but we're able to pull off a huge win and uh, get their second win of the year. Yeah. Yeah. And then they did that without a lot of key offensive weapons, which was actually pretty impressive, but by far and away the Giants best defensive efforts so far this year, far and away. And uh, Jones was 23, went 23, 33, 203 yards, one touchdown. And then uh, also rushed for 28 yards on eight attempts. And uh, then you had Booker, four, uh, they're running back there. That's subbing in for Saquon um, Barkley. Thank yep. you very much. 14 attempts for 51 yards and one touchdown. Yeah, Giants look great. It's probably the best they've looked all year. Yeah, their defense was great. Uh, OG Lari had two and a half sacks himself. and. They were all over Darnold, uh, who ended up, uh, yeah, as I said, getting benched. We'll see uh, what they do. They brought in Philip Walker. Uh, he had, he didn't have his, uh, he didn't have much more success. Three out of fourteen, only thirty-three yards in his. Uh, the the uh, Panthers um, uh, go to Atlanta, as I said, and the Giants go to KC for the Monday Nighter. So. Uh, yeah, Giants haven't had a good year. Neither has KC, but I think I, I'm going with KC in this one next Monday night. Yeah, I, I think I'd side with KC too. Even with all their, their trials and tribulations they're going through right now, I think I'd always side with uh, Kansas City over the Giants. Yeah. Uh, okay, switching to the NFC East, uh, leading the charges, Cowboys at 5-1. and one. They had a bye. Uh, we talked about Washington, who – Sit in last with two, uh, a two and five record, same as the Giants. Um, and the Eagles uh, lost to the Vegas Raiders 33 22. Derek Carr had a phenomenal game. Uh, his tight end was great uh, eight catches, 60 yards, and a touchdown. And uh, he had 323 yards through the air, a couple, pick, a couple touchdowns, only one pick. Uh, unfortunately, they lost Josh Jacobs. Um, he, uh, he had a touchdown before he left, but, um, uh, that could hurt them. They're already missing Darren Waller, uh, and Josh Jacobs. Those are their two biggest offensive weapons, but a, a big victory for the Raiders. Yeah. Huge victory for the Raiders. They looked fantastic car 91.1% completion percentage. That's his best he's ever done in his career thus far. Second best single game percentage in NFL history behind Drew Brees is unbelievable, 96.7%, wow. with a minimum of 30 attempts. Amazing, eh? Yeah, yeah. 31 for 34. And the one uh, one of them was a pick. So uh, two incompletions the whole entire game. That's uh, that's absolutely phenomenal. Oh, yeah, that's that's monster. He, he, he went into God mode there for a bit. So great win by the, by the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, Jalen Hurts had a pretty decent game, uh, 236 yards, a couple TDs. 13 carries for 61 yards. Uh, they also lost their running back, Mike Sanders, or Miles Sanders. He got hurt. That's a big blow for them. Uh, they had touchdowns from Gainwell, uh, Rieger, and Goddard had a good game. Um, but, uh, yeah, a big loss for the Eagles, uh, falling falling down. Uh, Raiders 5-2 and two now um, really uh, uh, haven't really missed a beat since 
uh, they lost their coach and uh, had to sort of retool and figure out uh, their new direction. Yeah, well, it's almost as if the team has come together through adversity, which is what you kind of want to see your team do. And uh, yeah, they're just, uh, they're not missing a beat and they're just going to continue on without Mr. John Gruden. Yeah. Uh, Philly goes to Detroit, so uh, probably be three and five after next Sunday. And uh, Vegas has a bye week, so they can uh, hopefully heal up those guys that are hurt. Um, Okay, so we are switching to the AFC now. Um, There's four teams in the AFC with a five and two record. Raiders, as we mentioned, they sit on top of the West with their two straight wins. The Chargers had a bye week, and they sit in second place there at four and two. And uh, in the West, uh, Broncos now are three and four with their 17-14 loss to Cleveland on Thursday. Uh, Case Keenum was in for the injured Baker Mayfield and had just a good enough performance to get the win, but the biggest uh, performance was by D. Ernest Johnson, who he, he made most of the, uh, the most of the injuries to Chubb and Kareem Hunt, 22 carries for 146 yards and a touchdown uh, and, a, and some um, couple catches for 22 yards, 6.6 yards average on the ground. Uh, man, they got three running backs that can really chug the yardage out. I'm chalking that up to a great offensive line and uh, the skill of these guys as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously, the Browns' offensive line definitely needs to be given some credit here. But uh, the fact that they actually have another stud in the backfield is just unbelievable. They got a wealth of riches over there for the Browns when it comes to the running backs. Yeah. Oh, they sure do, man. Holy cow. It's incredible. Yeah, just uh, absolutely amazing that they can keep chugging along. It was a tight game, but a big victory for the Browns. Uh, Broncos, um, yeah, just not enough there. Uh, they Denver hosts Washington 125 next week, and uh, Cleveland hosts Pittsburgh for a, uh, a great uh, AFC North battle. Uh, okay, uh, we mentioned Chiefs off the top, but let's talk a little bit more of that game. Uh, they just got beat up so bad. I watched uh, watch this game and I couldn't believe it 27 to nothing at half. Uh, just an absolute complete blowout by Tennessee. Um, Derek Henry was a beast, 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 but so was Tannehill. A.J. Brown was great. Uh, and uh, really, Kansas City couldn't get anything generated at all. It was a, it was a shocker. I, I didn't expect Kansas City to get just thumped so bad. No, I don't think anybody expected that. And even when they were down by 27 at half, you thought, ah, Still Mahomes, still got a chance, still got a shot. Yeah. But no, man, he, he actually didn't have a shot, not in this game. Like, uh, the Titans outclassed them in at every uh, level in this game, yeah. completely outclassed. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, A.J. Brown, uh, great. Uh, he returned. He was um, hurt uh, last weekend, but he got eight catches, 133 yards, and a TD. Uh, did you see Derrick Henry's? Touchdown pass too. That was pretty, uh, pretty nice. Uh, he's even uh, scoring through the air too. Yeah, yeah, he can do it all. He can literally do it all. It's, uh, it's, it's so if he's not running you over, he's uh, taking the ball and doing a pass. <laughs> yeah, he touched the ball uh, thirty-two times uh, 
in that game. Uh, he touched the ball, uh, I think, uh, yeah, more than Tannehill did. It was uh, pretty unbelievable how much they're relying on this beast. And he's he's not breaking down. He's still uh, just as good as, as he was at the beginning of the year. Yeah, because he's, he's like literally like a human version of a monster. Like the man is so humongous. Every time I see him on TV, I'm like, he's really that big. Like, look at him. He's like, he's as big as like some of the off the defensive linemen. Yeah. Like he's, he's a massive human being. And it's just so nice to have that behind you where you can just go here, you take this and run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Tennessee now sit five and two with a two game lead in the AFC South. Uh, they go to Indy uh, early window next Sunday, and the Chiefs host the Giants on the Monday Nighter, as mentioned earlier. Uh, let's turn to the uh, NFC North. The uh, no, no, no. Sorry, we've already touched on uh, that. We we're, we're going to the AFC North. Um, huge battle for first place there with Baltimore and Cincinnati, and everybody expected Baltimore to be able to pull this off, and uh, Cincinnati said no, no, no. Uh, we've been able to pull together Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, and uh, that dynamic duo had a spectacular game. Absolutely amazing to see Jamar uh, come in and have this kind of impact already as a rookie. Holy cow. Yeah, yeah. Like you, you mentioned before earlier today, kind of Randy Moss-esque, like the impact he's actually having on the team. And it's, it's, it's a real thing. It's definitely a real thing. And he broke the rookie record of 177 yards receiving in the game by himself getting eight receptions for 201 yards and one touchdown. He had a monster game. Yeah, I've got a stat here. Uh, Most receiving yards in the first seven career games, 754. Uh, That surpasses Anquan Bolden in 2003 with 621. And Odell Beckham Jr., 2014 for the Giants, 609. So uh, that's in the Super Bowl era since 1966. Uh, but Jamar Chase has 133 more yards than Anquan did in those first seven games. Uh, I, I, I've heard that uh, Joe Burrow was really saying, you know, we should get this guy, we should get this guy. And I think the management did go to him and say, if he's available at our number five draft slot, we will pick him, and uh, they were thrilled that he ended up falling to number five, and and uh, he looks like the steal of the draft. Well, I, I guess it, it goes to show you should listen to the quarterback every once in a while. It's like, you know, that teammate of mine, he's really good. I think he would be great on our team. <laughs> it's like, oh, 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 okay, we'll try to get him then. Yeah. Looks like it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's what they that's what Russell Wilson's been saying. That's what Aaron Rodgers has been saying. That's what a lot of those top QBs have been saying. Uh, maybe some of these GMs will actually take a page out of Cincy's book and and do the same. Yeah, well, it it's because it pays dividends. Like all of a sudden, you can have a game like this where you just crush your opponent, crush them. Where this was supposed to be a dogfight, and it wasn't even close. No. Not even close. No. Yeah, it was crazy because uh, Lamar Jackson has good numbers. He had oh, 257 yes. yards through the air, a touchdown. He had 12 carries for 88 yards on the ground. And, you know, those are good the good numbers that you see. But uh, this was just a complete blowout. Hollywood Brown had an amazing touchdown in the back end of the uh, 
backside of the end zone that was just phenomenal. I hope everybody gets a chance to see that. Uh, Cincinnati now is first place in that division. They both have a five and two record, but because they have the win over Baltimore, they are first place. Uh, Cleveland is four and three, and Pittsburgh um, sits at three and three with their bye week. So, uh, uh, really good division. Everybody's 500 or above. Uh, top two teams, five and two, uh, battling it out. Uh, I think this is going to be an incredible dogfight for all four of those teams all year. Yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's shaping up to be that way, and it's going to be, it's going to come down to the wire between all those teams in that division. Cincinnati has a, an easy time of it. Uh, they go to the New York Jets for the early window uh, next Sunday, and the Ravens have a week off. They get a bye week, so uh, that should be good for them. Um, let's finish with the AFC East. Uh, Buffalo had a bye week. They're still sitting at four and two. Uh, Patriots are second in that division, and they had a massive victory over the Jets, 54 to 13. The 12th straight win that New England's had over the Jets in the Bill Belichick era. And uh, Mac Jones had his career best game, 307 yards, couple touchdowns. And um, yeah, this was just uh, an absolute slaughter, uh, 54 to 13. Yeah, they, they, yeah, slaughter. Great, great, great descriptor of what actually happened in this game. They, they slaughtered them. They slaughtered them. And to add insult to injury, Wilson gets injured in the game with uh, with uh, with a knee, goes out in the second quarter. We don't know the severity of that or how long he's going to be out, but uh, that's just to add insult to injury. Yeah, tough. Uh, their backup quarterback, Mike White, came in 20 for 32, 202 yards, a touchdown, but he threw a couple interceptions. Uh, the Jets have been throwing a, a ton of picks this year, and uh, – they are in trouble. Uh, one and five, Pats three and four. And as I mentioned earlier, Dolphins one and six. And I just want to mention AFC South, Titans five and two, Colts three and four, Jags and Texans down at one and five and one and six respectively. So uh, out of the picture, but um, great fun uh, weekend, man. Uh, this football has been amazing to, to follow this year. There's been just an incredible amount of great games and, and um, yeah, I'm, I've been loving it. I love Sundays these days. Yeah, I know. And the Sundays is, it's great. It's a great day. It's a great day. It's a great day to kick up the feet, relax, and just watch football. Yeah. Okay. Let's turn to the UFC. They uh, had uh, UFC Apex 41, uh, Fight Night 189, it's called. Uh, this was uh, a... This was supposed to be a really incredible performance between two top, top, top uh, guys in the middleweight division, but uh, it ended up becoming just a fiasco. We've got uh, Paulo the cheater Costa decides that he just not even going to bother even making an attempt at uh, getting down to 185 and uh, just decides to just say no f it i'm just gonna uh come in however i am and uh he made uh just a fiasco of it all uh you know i think there should be massive severe punishments for guys like this uh they should you know be not 20 percent of their purse they should be fined severely uh even maybe losing their job over this this is this was one of the worst 
occasions of this in the USC history. And I was really disgusted. I just, I just hope that, uh, you know, they punish him severely. He's saying he's going to try to make that weight again. And USC's no, no, you got to be light heavyweight now. So sorry. You, 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 you know, you screwed up, but um, it was pretty ridiculous. It was, it was egregious. It was, it was the most, it was the most ridiculous thing I've seen in a long time where by him just basically saying, okay, well, if I'm already going to lose 20% of my purse, you know what? I'm just not going to cut any weight. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> like, basically that's kind of what he did. He did actually end up cutting some weight, but not nearly as much as what he normally would have had to. Right. Yeah. And he just basically just said, yeah, yeah, I think I'm good. I'm just going to get to a certain point and that's it. But with that being said, once I saw him get in the octagon, Jesus, did he look massive? Yeah, yeah. Oh, like Vittori is not a small man. No, and he looked small compared to Costa. Yeah, no, it was it was crazy. I was I was really shocked at the, the size difference because Vittori is a big guy too. But um, yeah, uh, uh, there's no way Costa, you know, can make that weight again. And uh, you know, I just think he's he's mentally weak. He made a huge amount of excuses when he lost to Israel Adesanya. He said he had cramps. He said he was hungover. He drank a bottle of wine. He didn't get any sleep the night before. All these bullshit excuses. And then this time he said he had a bicep problem. Uh, but that doesn't stop somebody from cutting huge amounts of weight to, you know, even make an attempt at it. Uh, you know, he just decided, yeah, I'm, I'm going to just come in 20 pounds big. It uh, doesn't, you know, doesn't matter. I'm not going to have any consequences, but this 20%, I, I love Vittoria saying, hey, well, that 20%, he just bought me another watch. So uh, I'm pretty excited about happy about getting a new watch. But uh, yeah, it was, uh, it, it, it just really made me angry. And, and I don't think many UFC fans should cheer for this guy much anymore. I think he's going to become that villain. Maybe he wants to be the villain, but I don't see him, uh, you know, keeping the fans he had. And, and probably lost a lot of fans that had some respect for him before. Yeah, because you completely lose respect for an individual that tries to skirt around the rules of what has been prescribed by the UFC, which is you got to make weight. Yeah. And so, but for him, apparently, he doesn't have to make weight because he, he doesn't he doesn't have to make weight because he doesn't want to. Yeah. So no, I'm not going to do it. I was impressed by Jason Herzog on this card. Uh, he took a point away for uh, a vicious eye poke. And uh, uh, Costa was, uh, you know, talking about that after the fight. He was complaining during. Uh, it didn't affect the scoring because it was 48-46 across the board. Uh, but uh, I was really happy that Herzog took a stand and, and said, no, that was brutal. I had already warned you in the locker room. I gave you a warning in the cage. You got that. Boom. Sorry. Yeah. A point's taken off. Yeah. And I, I love the fact how Costa tried to argue with the ref. It's like, no, you can't do that. Actually, he can because he just did. Yeah. So it's over. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and Herzog did that in the Alexis uh, Caceres fight as well. And uh, we'll, we'll chat about that a little bit later on. But um, yeah, I, I, I'm glad that um, these refs are are jumping in and just not letting these guys get away with fouls that, you know, are egregious and, and can really diminish a guy guy's ability to win a fight when he's getting poked in the eye, when he's getting kicked in the groin, uh, you know, that that's definitely, you're, you're not still at your top when you're suffering from these, uh, these fouls. 
Yeah, no, you're, you're definitely suffering when you get these illegal strikes. And on top of that, depending on, on the severity of said legal strike, it could not just affect you in the octagon at that moment in time, but for the rest of your life. Yeah. Like it has for Michael Bisping and uh, Daniel Cormier with their egregious eye pokes they've suffered. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, so there's been a lot of talk about who's next for Vittori, uh, the winner here. Uh, they're talking about... Um, Maybe he's going to be taking on uh, the, the the guy that doesn't uh, win between Brunson and Jared Cannonier uh, because those guys are going to get the title shot next. Uh, there's also been talk about possibly Uriah Hall, Darren Till, and Sean Strickland. So, um, yeah, murder's row of guys there. But, uh, yeah, who do you hope he fights next? Ooh. You know who I think would be a great fight for Vittori? Sean Strickland. Oh, that'd be really good, yeah. But I think that would be one hell of a barn burner of a fight. Cool. That's yeah. what I'd like. I agree. I love it, yeah. Uh, there's talk about Costa facing Johnny Walker, which, um, yeah, might be good. Uh, I don't think Johnny, uh, you know, has enough experience maybe and not quite up there in the rankings, but uh, we'll see. Uh, what shakes down out of this one. But um, yeah, I just was so disgusted, so angry all week about this um, weight miss and, and uh, yeah, expected Vittori to just, uh, just, yeah, just agree to, um, yeah, to fight, you know, 20 pounds heavier. Uh, you mentioned earlier today that these weight classes, uh, there should be probably one in the middle of some of these uh, when it's a 20 pound gap, uh, that's a, that's a huge difference. And, and uh, I think it would be great if we had another couple of weight divisions. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I think the, the UFC can do this. I think there's enough fighters out there to do this. And uh, it, it just, I don't know, it, it just would help out a lot of fighters that find themselves actually in the in-between of 205 and 185 so that yeah. they can actually really showcase their skills yeah. to the best of their ability. So. I don't know if they'll ever do that. It would be great if they did at some point, but I guess that's one of the things we'll wait and see on. But for this fight, for the fight itself, when they finally got in the octagon and fought, wow, that was pretty impressive. Yeah. That was impressive stuff. Yeah. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. It, it was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> These guys are both tough and that was very, yeah, very impressive. Uh, let's talk about the Cole main event though. Um, Grant Dawson and Rick Glenn ended up uh, having a draw. It was, uh, yeah, it was quite surprising because Dawson was, um, yeah, definitely winning this. But, uh, yeah, uh, Glenn was able to come back with a 10-8 round and, uh, and ended up uh, getting a draw in the end. Yeah, and that's because Dawson absolutely exhausted himself when he got into the third round from his uh, wrestling heavy attack from the first and second round where he dominated Glenn, but his tank did not last to the third round. And then that's when Glenn took advantage, took control, almost choked him out. Yeah. So close. And so close. Yeah. Very, yeah. very, very close to yeah. the point. That's why they gave him the 10 round. Yeah. Cause he utterly dominated him in that third. 
it looked like he actually might have went out and he uh, sat up and it looked like he was seeing stars and then he laid back down and uh, it looked like, yeah, he might go out. Uh, yeah, if it was one, two seconds more, I think for sure he wouldn't have woken up for a while. And it was crazy how sometimes it comes down to like, you know, seconds and a guy could uh, finish. But I was really happy that they gave him a 10-8 round off of that. No, no, I, I was happy too because that's that's literally why they have the 10-8 rounds. That's what they've talked about. Like, if a guy's going to dominate like that, you got to give him a 10-8 round, which is what Glenn absolutely did. Yeah. So he managed to battle back and get the draw. So that's cool. That's good yeah. to see. Very good, yeah. Uh, okay. Um, the women's bantamweight fight between Jessica Rose Clark and Jocelyn Edwards. Uh, went to a decision win for Jessica. Uh, Jocelyn is yeah, kind of has come in uh, the first Panamanian fighter, a lot of hype. Uh, she had a five and a half inch reach advantage in this one. And I thought uh, she was going to be able to uh, take that, but uh, Jessica Rose Clark uh, was, was the better fighter and uh, was able to um, just get an immediate clinch takedowns. Uh, was just, um, yeah, just a little bit more experienced, I, I felt like, and uh, took took the win. Yeah, uh, basically just took away Edwards' airspace, yeah. would not allow her to attack her at distance, used her superior grappling uh, to put her on her back in the first round, then r- rinse and repeat for the second round, oh, oh, then rinse and repeat for the third round. Just She just kept doing that over and over again. Uh, the one thing that uh, I did agree with Mike Bisping, though, she could have incorporated a little bit more ground and pound when she was in top position, in an advantageous position. She could have put more of a hurt on instead of just always trying to creep for positioning. Right. That's about it, though. Right. Very dominant win by Clark. Definitely. Uh, great to see Alex Caceres back. Uh, Bruce Leroy, always uh, really fun. He's on a five-fight winning streak now. Uh, he was the underdog coming into this one, but had a great performance and, and got the submission win. Uh, I I really like this guy. He's a lot of fun. He brings uh, brings a lot of entertainment to the sport, and uh, it's great to see him on on such a high. He's um, yeah, he's finally put it together, and uh, five fight winning streak is no joke. No, no joke at all, and especially against Choi, who is a he's one hell of an opponent. He's a super, super tough opponent. Yeah. I kind of thought that Choi had the slight edge and advantage in the striking. I thought he was a little bit more technical when yeah. it came to the strikes. But when Caceres had his chance, had his opportunity to take his back, immediately took it, body locked him, while back, did the whole backpack thing, and yeah. then was able to get the rear naked choke. I, Dude, super impressed. I'm yeah. so impressed how he won that fight because he could have very easily have lost that fight, but he didn't. He found a way to win. Yeah. Well, um, he had to recover from getting need while he was down. Uh, he said it actually gave him a bit of a flash knockout. Uh, he said he just didn't, you know, he, he said he remembers all the fight, but that was just, he didn't know what hit him there. And uh, I was really happy to see Jason Herzog take a point from there. We mentioned Herzog earlier. Uh, because yeah, I mean, that's going to compromise you when you're down on a knee and a guy knees you right in the face. Uh, uh, most guys, uh, yeah, they're, they're definitely not going to be 
the same as they were before that strike. Yeah, exactly. And and on top of that, Caceres was still able to come back from the illegal strike and win that fight, which is actually even more amazing because we've seen that already. That happened with uh, the Kevin Hall and Chris Dawkins fight, yeah. right? Yeah. Because you are severely compromised when you take a knee to the head like that. Yeah, crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, lots of talk today about um, his next opponent, Bruce Leroy. Uh, they said Andre Feely is the number one. Uh, there's also Cub Swanson, Edson Barboza, and Movsar Elvulev as a potential opponent. So uh, step up in competition when you're winning uh, five in a row and you're starting to be uh, looked upon as one of the contenders. Um, yeah, the competition might rise. And uh, But yeah, I, I could... I, I would really love to see him face uh, Cub or Touchy Feely. Uh, both those guys would be fun fights. Oh, those would be great fights. I I I'd probably lean a little bit more to Touchy Feely because uh, they kind of have the same sort of body type. Yeah. And then they and they come to fight, man. Both those guys come to fight. They come oh. to bang. So, ah, whatever fight they make, it's gonna be a great fight. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, great to see Francisco Trinaldo still relevant, 43 years old. Uh, been in the UFC for a long time. Uh, he has wins over Felder, Jim Miller, Bobby Green, Evan Dunham, uh, John McDessie. Uh, it's been around for a long time. Uh, he replaced Gabe Green and, and was able to come in, uh, get the victory. Uh, there was a, another eye poke in this one that was pretty bad and pretty rough, but um, great to see Trinaldo uh, ended up getting the decision win. And uh, this was a fun fight. I really enjoyed that one. Yeah, it was uh, very technical, very technical, because you could tell that um, Trinaldo was trying to really time Grant and uh, really make his counters count yeah. with the more powerful strikes. Uh, like I, I thought that Trinaldo definitely had the more powerful strikes Ah, I'm going to be honest, a little bit surprised that he did manage to pull out the win, even mm -hmm. with the eye poke and mm -hmm. the point deduction. Kind of surprised at that, but uh, Ronaldo manages to pull one out yet again. Yeah. Yeah, it was 29-27 uh, on all three judges' cards. Uh, so he, he won all three uh, rounds, according to the judges. That was his 24th UFC appearance. And... Um, yeah, he uh, yeah he's still still going strong. Still looks still looks really tough, and uh, yeah, it's great to see. I I mentioned these forty year olds quite often, and I, I I usually cheer for them when they get in there. It's nice to see them extend their careers a little bit a little bit longer. Uh, the light heavyweight fight between uh, Nikolai Naganmaru and Ike Villanueva. Uh, started off the main card, uh, and it didn't last long. Uh, really. Quick knockout performance by Nikolai. Uh, what do you think of this KO? Yeah, it was fast. <laughs> he, he did not waste time. He did not waste time. They traded in the pocket, and then Villanueva was the one that actually got hurt yeah. very badly. Yeah. The only thing was a little bit of controversy at the end there with the, the legal strikes, some of them to the back of the head. Yeah. That's something that hopefully the rest will keep their eye on for future uh, future fights in the octagon because that can't happen. Yeah, that you can't, you can't have that happen. No, that was tough. Uh, unfortunately, the ref was 
uh, right behind him as he was throwing the strikes and he was uh, trying to get a visual of it. And uh, there was so many punches coming in. Some of them were landing clean, but the others were landing illegally. And, uh, but um, yeah, if, unfortunately, uh, Villanueva was um, down head first on the canvas already and uh, probably wouldn't have lasted much longer, even if the strikes weren't to the back of the head. Yeah, yeah, very true. Very true. He probably was uh, on his, he was definitely on his way out. But again, like the fighters need to be conscious of where they're placing their strikes. Yeah. Uh, the, the feature fight of the prelims was a really fun battle. Uh, Park Jun Young was um, really uh, throwing some really heavy strikes and, and, and getting some damage on Gregory Rodriguez. But Robocop turned it around and, and got the big KO victory. Uh, man, these guys were banging and it was fun. Oh yeah, no. It, in this, in that second round where they where Park just went after him, it was awesome because I'm just like, oh, all right. Well, his body language is telling me that he's on his way out. It's not looking good. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, he just started firing back, and then he clocked Park with a couple very powerful right hands, put him on wobbly street, and then before you know it, he's done. It was a great fight, man. Great fight. I couldn't believe it, how gassed he was. And he just seemed like he was in all sorts of trouble. He was wobbling around. But then, yeah, just somehow mustered a couple of huge rights and, and was able to land them clean on Park. And then uh, that uh, uppercut that buckled him and, and finished it, man. Uh, yeah, uh, geez, I, I would be, uh, yeah, I'd be a little scared to fight uh, Robocop. He looks like a tough dude. And and uh yeah you need to kill him like a zombie to take him out uh he was yeah he was close to being done but he came back and had a really big comeback win yeah really big comeback win and then also too you know what his hands are looking better they're looking they're looking a lot better his striking is looking better because the one thing that he definitely has in his bag is his jujitsu his ground game is stellar yeah. so your chances of trying to beat him is on the feet park yeah. almost had him but Failed at the last moment. Yeah. Uh, the fight between Mason Jones and David Onama was really fun. Uh, Onama was making his UFC debut, coming in undefeated from the regional circuit. Uh, James Krause is his coach, and Krause had another couple fighters on the card. Uh, this is the first ever fighter from Uganda. I was really cheering for him. Um, but, man, uh, he only fought 15 days ago. He comes in, late replacement, uh, really, really impressive performance. But Mason Jones took the win. But uh, I think uh, David Onama really showed himself well. And uh, I think he picked up a lot of fans from this one. Yeah, he picked up a lot of fans. And he also picked himself up a contract. Like, he's, he's, he's staying in the UFC for sure yeah. after that. Because that was a very, like, he gave Jones all he could handle in yeah. this particular fight. He really did. I was not expecting that. I thought Jones might just be able just to walk all over this guy. Not even close. Not even close. Jones actually had to earn everything he got in this fight. The one, the one uh, uh, situation within the octagon where Jones absolutely dominated was within the grappling aspect. Yeah. But that was it. That's all he had on Onama. So when it was on the feet, it was pretty even. And Onama cracked him. 
more than a couple times. Yeah, you sure did. Yeah. Yeah. It was a one amazing, amazing first round. One of my favorite first rounds of the year. Uh, it's going to be, you know, one of my nominations for round of the year uh, coming up at the in December. And um, but yeah, uh, Jones was highly touted by Bisping. Bisping said, you know, I think this guy's got a, a chance at a title eventually in lightweight division. And um, but Onama coming in, uh, supposedly he was on vacation. He got the call and uh, they said, yeah, we need you to come and come to Vegas. Uh, you've got to fight this Saturday. Uh, he just had one little suitcase that he had taken on on his trip, uh, just hightailed it to Vegas and and was able to make the call. He usually competes at at 145. So we'll see. Um, yeah, we'll see. If, it, if it's a bit different, uh, he was fighting 10 pounds heavier than normal. Uh, so um, hopefully they'll give him a shot at, at 145, his normal weight. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully that's uh, going to be a thing for him going forward. But even him fighting at 155, he looked incredibly strong to me at 155. Yeah, he did, yeah. Okay, we got to kind of fly through uh, the rest of the card. Uh, tell me some of the ones that you want to highlight. Uh, there was a lot of good fights on this card. It was a long, long card, but yes. uh, yeah, tell me who, who you'd like to highlight. Okay, so first, uh, the Pickett versus Steropoli. I thought that Pickett, uh, at, uh, he did well in that fight. It was a lot of uh, clinch work and grappling against the fence. Won a tough fight against a very tough opponent in Staropoli. Um, but, uh, and, and the one thing that I was, I really wanted to see more of Unfortunately, I didn't get to see it was because in the third round, when it, at the end of the round, where they actually started swinging and started like to throw, yeah. I was like, oh, this was the fight I actually wanted to see. Yeah. Would have been great if we saw more of that. Maybe next time. Anyways, great win by Pickett. And then the other one I wanted to point out was the Worthy versus Herbert fight. Jay Herbert looked absolutely spectacular. Combos were ridiculous. It just seemed to me midway through round one, where he just thought to himself, you know what? I think I want this fight to be over. So it is. <laughs> yeah. Torrent of combos, took out Worthy. Super impressed by that. Oh, man, it was amazing. Uh, I couldn't believe how cautious they were in the early stages. And then all of a sudden, he just started throwing. His punches were super crisp, accurate. He was just landing some very, very heavy, heavy power shots wobbling worthy and uh he basically became a human bobblehead it was just <laughs> just dang, his head was going all over uh it was hilarious I, I i couldn't believe how many shots he took and his head seemed to go in every single possible direction he could yes yes he was that's a very good uh descriptor he was a human bobblehead for quite some time before he the ref came in and saved him the only other thing I hope that they do uh, next time they bring Herbert in is have some subtitles at the bottom of the screen while he's talking because uh, his his accent was so thick that you couldn't really make out a lot of what he was saying. It was crazy. Yeah, that, he's, that that's, some, that's a real British accent right there. <laughs> yeah, when he was, he was talking and then I was just like, what? Is he actually saying? I had no, like, there was times within that post-fight interview where I'm like, I have no idea what he just said. <laughs> I know. 
great English accent, but uh, holy yeah. cow. Uh, I, I, I did catch that uh, he was working off a tear in his MCL in his knee. So he said he's got to uh, get that fixed and then he's ready. Uh, I love his nickname, the Black Country Banger, uh, former Cage Warriors champion. We're seeing a ton of Cage Warriors coming over, Cage Warriors champs coming over and having really good success. Uh, I love I love that league over in the UK and uh, a lot of fun. Yeah, so uh, Random Marcos, nice to see the Canadian get a big victory there. Uh, she had, uh, yeah, she, she had looked probably as good as I've seen her look in a really, really long time. Uh, and, um, yeah, all in all phenomenal card, lots of fun. Great, great card. Uh, I, I wasn't expecting it to be as good as it was, but it turned out phenomenal. Uh, and now we've got, uh, back-to-back weekends with, uh, some huge pay-per-views. Um, UFC 267, uh, Jan Blachowicz, Glover Teixeira for the light heavyweight championship. And the co-main event uh, is the bantamweight title, interim title fight between Peter Jan and Corey Sandhagen. Um, do you think Teixeira really has a chance against Blachowicz here? I think so. I, I think, I, 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 I honestly do. I think so because I think, uh, Glover knows this is his last shot. Mm-hmm. This is it. Like That's he's good. of the age right now where, you know, him trying to climb the rankings again, probably not going to happen. Yeah. So this is it. This is it. And I think he knows that this is the situation that he's in and he's going to try to capitalize it to the best of his ability. True. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's a very good point. Uh, you know, he knows uh, this will be the last shot he ever has uh, at a title. And, um, yeah, I yeah, I I don't know, though, but, you know, Blahovich just has looked so good in his last few fights. I, I just think he's going to be tough for all of these top guys in this division. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I, I, I agree with you 100% on that. I... I think this is going to be one heck of a fight. I think it's going to be a war. Yeah. I think they're just going to go to war and be the best man win. Um, okay. Peter Yon um, had that uh, incredible uh, disqualification fight against Aljamain Sterling uh, March, March 6th of this year, uh, losing his belt. Um, it was pretty devastating for him. I'm sure. Uh, do you think mentally uh, this will be something he can overcome and, and have a really good performance against uh, Corey Sanhagen? I think so, because I'm going to say it like this. I think maybe in Peter Jan's mind, he's still the champ. Okay. Yeah, I, 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 I truly believe that. I, I believe he goes, yeah, okay, I, I somewhat made a mistake. But at the same time, we all saw that fight. Yeah. Aljamain Sterling was losing that fight. Yeah. He was breaking it, right? So, but Peter Yan, I think his his mindset is, ah, I'm still the champ, so whatever. Not really a big deal. And also, too, uh, with Corey Sandhagen on his part, he actually had the, uh, the foresight to know that this situation could happen. So he kept himself ready to step in for this very moment, right. which actually happened. So good on Corey to keep ready and know that 
that situation could have happened, which it did. Very great. Yeah, phenomenal. Glad to see him getting this opportunity. Uh, this is a stacked card. Lots of great fights throughout. Uh, great to see Kamzat Chimaev back. He's fighting the leech, Li Jiang Liang. Uh, Islam Makachev against Dan Hooker. That's probably going to be a great battle. Uh, I think Hooker biting off a little more than he could chew maybe with Islam. But uh, what, are you, what are you thinking about that one? Well, we're just going to see how just how good Hooker is. And more importantly, how good his takedown defense is. Because it's he is going to be tested when it comes to, with this guy, Makachev. He is definitely going to be tested when it comes to the takedown. So, good luck, Hooker. This is what you wanted. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, I don't know. I, I definitely didn't mention this, but this is in Abu Dhabi uh, this time. Uh, first time they've been out of Vegas in quite a while. Uh, this starts at 7.30 a.m. next Saturday. Uh, main, card, uh, main card, I think, is at 11. Uh, so 7.30 a.m. early card so they can have it in their prime time over there. Uh, you're going to see uh, most of the fighters on this card with Vs to end their names. There's a ton of Russians, a ton of guys from uh, that part of the world. Uh, they wanted to get back over there and give these guys an opportunity to fight. Uh, uh, sometimes uh, with COVID, they haven't been able to travel, get visas and all that kind of stuff. So great to see them finally putting together another Abu Dhabi card, but uh, you got to wake up pretty early for this one. I'm glad you mentioned that because I didn't realize that until I just looked and I'm just like, wow. Okay. 7:30 in the morning. I know they've done this once before, but it's pretty rare. Yeah. It's, it's a very, very rare occurrence when they actually do this. Yeah. But uh, fully very, very stacked card. Uh, yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun. I, I'm, I'm going to be waking up early on Saturday to watch some fights. Uh, yeah. And then we've, we're just over a week away from UFC 268. Uh, this is in Madison Square Garden, New York, the most famous arena on the planet. Uh, and this has the main event, uh, the welterweight title fight between Kamara Usman, Colby Covington too. Um, do you think Covington can bring anything different than he, he brought before to, uh, to this fight? I think Covington's always a dangerous fighter. He will never quit on himself. And even if he is severely, severely hurt, like he was in their first fight where Kamaru broke his jaw, <laughs> yeah. he will still keep coming still after you. Fight, yeah. The man is tough as nails. But I think Usman has been improving steadily since that fight. And I think he's going to be even better once he sees Covington again. Yeah. So I think Covington's he's he's got his work cut out for him because I think that's the best version of Kamaru Usman that he's going to be facing in there. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Co-main event is the title fight between Rose Namajunas and Weili Zhang, which should be an amazing battle. Lightweight fight between Justin Gaethje and Michael Chandler. Shane Burgos uh, is fighting Frankie Edgar against Marlon Vera on the card. Um, really stacked card. Uh, Great prelims with Ala Iaquinta against Bobby Green. Uh, we've got uh, early prelims with a lot of the younger fighters, uh, but John Volante's fighting Chris Barnett on this one. Um, man, it's just unbelievable uh, these next two weeks how great the cards are. Yeah, yeah. Great cards. Uh, 
the matchmakers have really uh, put together some ter terrific cards for us fans, and I look forward to seeing some great UFC in the next two weekends. There was uh, one surprising uh, omission today from the UFC rankings. For some reason, the UFC has decided to drop Joanna Jacek, and she is not a ranked fighter anymore. Uh, they said it was from inactivity, uh, but a lot of fighters um, have had longer layoffs than she's had. Uh, I was really quite shocked to see that she's not even ranked fighter anymore. Well, okay, so I, I know that sometimes they do this maybe to flex their muscle, maybe just to send a message to their fighters, you know, keep fighting, you know, I, I, I don't know. Um, but here's the thing. When was her last fight? Was it last, uh, was it last year? Uh, yeah. It was this last year. Yeah. Yeah. I'll pull it up. Uh, okay. Like, cause like, you know, then what's wrong with that? Like, like, like honestly, like what's wrong yeah. with that? Or, uh -huh. or we don't know what her personal life is, but what if she, I don't know, wants to start a family or something like that. Yeah. Oh, I guess she can't, she's not allowed to do that either. Uh, okay, cool. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, her fight was uh, March March of 2020. Uh, she, she lost to uh, Weili Zhang for that uh, championship uh, belt. and uh, But that's, yeah, I mean, as I said, uh, a lot of fighters have been off much, much longer than that and uh, were able to maintain their status or, you know, maybe rank down a couple, but not just completely thrown out of the rankings altogether. Yeah, no, there might be something that happened behind the scenes that we're clearly not aware of. But at the same time, it's like, why would you do that? It's not like she's been inactive that long. It's no. not like she's been inactive like Dominic Cruz was because he'd suffered some catastrophic injuries. Yeah. Right? Okay. So, yeah. Eh, it's probably just Dana White doing Dana White stuff again. I when guess so. Yeah. Brutal, huh? Yeah, it's yeah. tough to. Uh, it's tough to figure out what the UFC does sometimes, but uh, yeah, I guess it's uh, we'll, we'll we'll do a little more digging into it and see uh, see what uh, what's going on there. Uh, okay, let's switch to the NBA. We'll do it quick. Seventy uh, fifth season. They're into their first week. Uh, they had the seventy six top players in all of history of the NBA. Uh, got a lot of controversy from it. Uh, did you think there was uh, omissions or additions that you're surprised about? Yeah, yeah, for the you know what, it's whatever, man. It's subjective. Yeah. It's 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 truly a subjective thing. End of the day, I thought they got it pretty close. Um, I believe they left Kyrie Irving out. Interesting. Yeah. And uh, which I to be honest with you, I'm not opposed to that. Uh, and uh, the other person that was a little bit shocking because of if you take in the totality of the beginning of his career for six, seven years, Dwight Howard, he was right. also left out. Yeah. Other than that, man, I, I was okay with it. I, I was, I was all right with everybody they had for 75. Okay. All right. Well, cool. Yeah. I'm, I was pretty fine with it. I was glad they kept the top 50 from yes. the 50th anniversary. I was really happy that they didn't uh, remove any of those guys. And then they just added, uh, they said they had a, a tie for 75 and they actually have 76. So uh, kind of wild. I, I, I appreciated uh, some of the newer guys getting in there and I liked the list. It was fun, fun to you know start looking through it and, and seeing a lot of the new additions. It was great. Uh, okay. 
we have, um, uh, yeah, we've seen some teams emerge. It was kind of uh, surprising to see some of the uh, standings, the way they've sort of um, developed. Uh, Chicago Bulls beat the Raptors today, uh, 111-108, and they uh, sit atop their conference at 4-0, the only undefeated team in the East. Uh, Charlotte uh, took a loss today, and uh, they sit at 3-1. and one. The Bucks are 3-1 and one as well, but uh, the Bulls, man, all those offseason moves are really paying off so far. Yeah, man, and I, I, I thought so. I, I thought all the moves that they made definitely made their team better. Yeah. And it all starts it started with getting uh, Vucevic from Orlando Magic and then taking it from there. And yeah. especially, I was actually kind of surprised that the Pelicans let Lonzo Ball just walk the way that he did. Yeah. I, I'm still surprised at that yeah. because chemistry like he had with Zion Zion Williams that that's that's just something that you just don't. It's not something you come across every day. It just isn't. And they just let him go. And I was still kind of surprised at that. But uh, I, I loved all the moves that the Bulls did. And uh, this, is the, this is what they get to reap now from all the correct moves that uh, management did to get this team to where it is now. Yeah. And I think DeMar DeRozan is going to have a big resurgence as well. I, I felt like uh, he was a bit stifled in Pop's system in San Antonio. Uh, Pop never seems to give a guy full minutes, even when he's got the hot hand. He seems to uh, want to have a rotation of deep into the bench. And I think DeMar is going to really light it up and uh, have a really offensive, prolific season. Yeah, I, I think so, too. I, I think uh, he's got the right teammates around him. And also, too, I want to say that I think Zach Levine is definitely going to have a stellar year as well. Yeah. Um, number one, it's a contract year for him. Number two, he really wants to get that bag from the organization that I don't know if they're convinced that he deserves it. Yeah. I think, I think he does. And I think he will prove that this year. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Orlando getting Vucevic out of there. Uh, they had the youngest opening lineup in NBA history to start the season. Uh, their average age is 21 years and 219 days. Uh, so a young squad. Uh, they're going to have to grow together and uh, be relevant. Uh, at some point uh, down the road, they're going to struggle this year for sure. But um, Cole Anthony had a phenomenal game at MSG last night. Uh, he had uh, 29 points, 16 rebounds, and 8 assists. Uh, joined very elite company as the only guards in NBA history with 25, 15, and five numbers and five three-pointers in a game. Joining Steph, uh, Steph, Luka Doncic, Russell Westbrook, and The Beard as the only guys, oh, and Manu Ginobili, sorry, as the only guys in NBA history to have 25, 15, and five with five three-pointers in a game. Uh, pretty elite company to join as a, as a young guard there. Yeah, that that's 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 stellar. That those are stellar numbers, and it just goes to show that his future is extremely bright in yeah. uh, Orlando. I'm impressed with uh, the Warriors so far. Uh, the only team at three and zero so far. Uh, Steph Curry has uh, had at least twenty and ten uh, in all three games, and he got his five thousandth assist uh, in the last game. 
pretty spectacular, looking great. Uh, only six turnovers in that last game, and uh, nice to see they're on track even uh, before Clay gets back. Yeah, which is just awesome to see because once Clay does get back, ooh, that is a scary team. They are a scary proposition to anybody playing that team once Clay gets back. Yeah. Uh, I mentioned uh, Steph had 5,000 assists. Chris Paul just reached 10,000 assists this week, and he has over 20,000 points now. So he stands alone as the only guy in NBA history to have 10,000 assists and 20,000 points. Uh, Pretty incredible uh, accomplishment for a guy. Usually a guy's got a lot of assists, so he's not getting tons of points or he's got tons of points, doesn't uh, rack up the assists, isn't passing the ball much. But uh, to be the only guy in history, that's an incredible accomplishment. It's just a testament to the player that he's developed himself to be. It's a testament to all the hard work that he's put in to the league and how he's developed. It's, It's amazing. And also, too, it just shows just how good of a point guard he actually is. Yeah. He's definitely like all time. He's, he's in the top 10 for sure. Yeah. Without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, so 47 players have achieved 20,000 career points, but only six have achieved 10,000 assists. Uh, LeBron will be next to uh, achieve both milestones. Uh, he has over 35,000 points, uh, and he, but he only sits 248 assists away from 10,000. So, um, yeah, he's going to get there. It looks like um, Carmelo Anthony has uh, really had a resurgence since he joined the Lakers. And on Sunday, he scored 28 points to pass Moses Malone for ninth all time on the career scoring list. Uh, 27,423 points and Shaq's next uh, he Shaq sits at number eight all time and he needs 1174 more points to pass the diesel uh, so he would need to average about 15 points a game throw the entire season to get there um, pretty wild to, to see that uh, Carmelo has been able to get up into that top 10 and and moving on up the ranks yeah, it is, it's amazing that he's actually managed to do that because there was a time there where it looked like he was not going to be able to get back into the league. Yeah, And so for him to make, have all these accomplishments, it's, uh, it's a testament to his, uh, his, his, his change in mindset, yeah. which is why he's able to do what he's doing now. That's great. Yeah, it's good to see. And he's, um, he's lighting it up right the, so far this year. He's been scoring a ton of points. Uh, it's been really looking good. Uh, another milestone that happened on Friday, James Harden passed Kyle Korver for fourth place in all-time career three-pointers made. He's got now 2,454, uh, sits, as I said, in fourth place. Steph Curry, uh, oh, first of all, is Ray Allen with 2,973, Steph Curry with 2,846, and Reggie Miller with 2,560. Um, Pretty uh, elite company and, and awesome to see. Uh, really good interview with Curry and Reggie Miller the other day. They sat down and talked about him chasing down Ray Allen, passing Reggie and uh, going for the all-time three-pointer record. Uh, I think it's inevitable. Um, 
but all those guys are just amazing, amazing shooters and, uh, you know, the best of all time. Yeah, all of them are Hall of Famers. All of them are amazing shooters. But the one guy who's still playing is going to show just how much better he actually is. Because once he gets, once he passes Ray Allen, who's going to pass him? (laughs) Not for a long, that's not going to happen for quite some time, my friend. Quite some time. Yeah, 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 I know. It's going to be amazing. He's going to push that record way, 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 way out of reach. (laughs) It's going to be phenomenal. Uh, Okay, mentioning James Harden. Uh, Steve Nash was very vocal about the non-foul calls uh, on James Harden. Uh, he called him the poster boy for the new rule changes. Uh, the league uh, rolled out a mandate to have less fouls this year. The refs were advised not to call fouls on non-NBA basketball moves, uh, such as when players jump into the other player, uh, when they hook their arm, hook their leg, uh there's a lot of complaining going on between Harden and Nash trying to get more fouls called but I think this is good for the league and I'm glad they're doing it. Uh James Harden was the probably the worst at it. He has averaged about 9 trips to the free throw line for the last 8 seasons and um but uh he was guilty of doing this a lot and they finally have decided to crack down and say uh, enough's enough. Well, yeah, because it was it was getting a little bit ridiculous. It was getting silly. Uh, but at the same time, Harden was savvy enough, smart enough, intelligent enough to know that within the rules that were there, that he had wiggle room. He yeah. could figure out ways to manage to get himself to the line. And he had a PhD in hooking that arm and raising up. Like, it's just, I'm sure it drove defenders absolutely nuts, along with coaches as well. So I think, yes, this is a long time coming. And I think it's going to actually make the game better. I think it's going to clean up the game because then, you know, after a while, you're just like, kind of like, come on, man, that's kind of ridiculous. And then another guy that was really good for doing that was Trey Young. Right. So that's also going to, I, yeah, I think at the end of the day, it's just going to clean up the league and clean up the play. Yeah. Um, players of the week this week were Steph Curry. He had a phenomenal week and, um, the Charlotte Hornets forward miles bridges. Uh, he was player of the week in the, uh, what in the Eastern conference, uh, Charlotte lost 141 29 in overtime to Boston tonight. Uh, Jason Tatum had 41 points. Jalen Brown had 30, uh, miles bridges had 25, 10 and three. Uh, he has looked incredible this year, as well as LaMelo did a very unselfish thing in their victory on Sunday. Um, he went to his coach and he said, uh, Ish, Ish Smith, the other guard, has the hot hand right now. I think you should go with him in the fourth quarter instead of me. I think uh, he's, he's the guy we, we should run with. They got the victory. Uh, a really classy move from a guy that's putting the team ahead of himself and his personal numbers. Don't see that too often, especially from a young guy who's trying to make his mark in the league, but that just goes to show that the maturity that he has and the fact there's a reason why his teammates love playing with him. Yeah. That's one of the, that's one of those, that's one of those intangibles that not a lot of players have, but he does. 
he had a nice uh, night tonight, 25 points, nine assists and five rebounds, uh, but they did lose in, in OT. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm impressed with LaMelo ball. Another guy that just had a phenomenal game on the weekend. John Morant had 40 points last night. Uh, it was a loss to the Lakers, but um, man, is he looking great this year coming out of the gate? Uh, man, I think he's almost unstoppable right now. Yeah, he, he he's looking fantastic. I'm just like, you know what? I'm just over the moon and, and just overjoyed by the fact that we have all of this young talent that's going to, once again, propel the league forward. And uh, John Morant is at the forefront of that. And as he improves year after year, we're just, I, my jaw drops with some of the spectacular plays that he's able to make. Yeah. Uh, Houston Rockets are going to have a tough uh, season, but uh, the number two overall pick, Jalen Green had his best game as a pro, 30 points, uh, three assists, and a couple blocks. Uh, he's the first teenager with a 30-point game in Houston since Yao Ming. Uh, he, uh, oh, no, he's the first teenager ever to do it, and he tied Yao Ming for the most points by a Rockets rookie in the last 20 seasons, and he also tied Anthony Edwards for the most three-pointers by a teenager in a game in, in NBA history. So um, great to see him coming out of the gate, playing really well and getting an opportunity there. Yeah, yeah, man. It's, it's great to see that he's doing well, uh, especially with a young squad that they now have in Houston. So they, they're going to go through their growing pains, but it's good to see that, uh, you know, Jalen Green is having some success. Yeah. Uh, finally, I want to mention Giannis. Uh, he was really in a lot of trouble last year when he went to the free throw line. Uh, they started the chance one, two, three, started yelling down to 10 and he got a few violations for exceeding that 10 seconds. Wasn't uh, sinking a lot of free throws. Uh, he's decided to just do one bounce, put it up, boom, make the shot. Uh, his percentage has risen six percentage points. He's now uh, over 70% free throw shooting. And uh, great to see him be able to address it and uh, already paying dividends, decided, uh, yeah, he didn't want to dribble the ball as much anymore. He just wanted to get up to the line, grab it, throw it up, and, and shoot the ball up. Yeah, really nice to see a guy make that adjustment and, and paying dividends. Yeah, yeah. And, and also, too, he's a, he gets out of his own head because he, like, he's just not up there just thinking about it. He just goes up there takes the ball one dribble shoot right like it's 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 a it takes the thought process a little bit out of it yeah. because it's happening so much quicker him doing that sort of process which i do like and we saw a little bit of that with their with their run in the playoffs that he was actually beginning to speed it up the process mm -hmm. right so yeah. i'm glad that he's even taken a step further and hopefully he just keeps it like it is right now for the rest of his career. Yeah, let's hope. Yeah, looking great. Well, it was a fantastic week in the NBA. I can't wait for more. Uh, it's so nice to come home and see all these games on and uh, get to see the NBA court surfing too. And um, yeah, we're, we're, we're in for a hell of a great season this year. It's going to be a, a fun, fun, fun basketball season. Yes, it is. And I, 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 yeah, I'm just looking forward to it. And then also too, Looking forward to the fact that there's still some players on the shelf that are going to be coming back to their teams at some point in time. Ah, it's going to be great. It's going to be an excellent, excellent year of NBA basketball. 
Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, uh, wow. We covered a ton. Uh, yeah, it was, um, great as always, uh, nice to be able to follow the sports this close and get a great perspective from you and, and, uh, yeah, it's fun that we get to chat about it a bit before we even come here and, uh, yeah, really get an opportunity to make a great podcast. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, 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 I've always enjoyed this. This is what I look forward to. And uh, yeah, and it's just made so much better that now that we get to work together. Yeah. Awesome, man. Yeah. And remember, two months away today, Christmas Day. So get yourself ready. Uh, don't don't put it off this time. Get yourself ready. I, I will. I'm going to try. I'm going to try my best. <laughs> and get some sleep tonight. Uh, you looked a little tired today. So uh, hit the sack early and uh, I'll see you fresh tomorrow. Yep, you betcha, buddy. Will do. Will okay, do. man. Cheers. Have a good night. All right, you too. Thanks. Okay, bye for now. Okay, uh, great as always. Uh, yeah, my uh, one of my favorite parts of the week. Uh, thank you so much, Jason, for uh, coming in. Uh, I want to uh, mention that um, we posted a really fantastic um podcast that we did recently uh, we posted it yesterday uh this is the uh the start of it uh really fun uh, podcast done with todd hancock from the Toddcast podcast uh, this is our intro and just check it out Uh, yeah, um, yeah, Todd, uh, Todd Hancock, uh, former DJ from Fox for 14 years. He did the morning show, afternoon show, and then the rock report six to seven every day, uh, left Fox and, uh, started out the Toddcast podcast and, um, man, I recommend it. Uh, phenomenal guy, phenomenal interviewer. Some of the greatest people in music, sports, and entertainment. Uh, look at the guys that he's been able to talk to. Neil Pert. We've got uh, Ozzy and Sharon Osborne. Uh, on and on and on. Just check out his, his website and, and uh, check out a lot of the podcasts. Just go to this side here and click on 257 podcasts he's been able to do. He has three guests every single episode one in music, one in sports, and one in entertainment. And uh, what a great guy. Thanks so much for your time, Todd. I really appreciate it. And I hope you enjoy it. Go to completemediacom and you'll find uh, that podcast there. Complete Media Network is our parent company. And this is going on Complete Sports Media's podcast. Uh, before we go, just want to mention our partners and sponsors. We've got uh, Forever Living, the Aloe Vera Company. Uh, they are the great. They have great products for health and beauty from Aloe Vera. Uh, we've got Pampas and Possibilities. Uh, they design West Coast beautiful installations and do incredible things for your home. Uh, we've got Verbero, the hockey equipment and apparel company, and the V350 stick is something you need if you're a hockey player or, uh, yeah, friend or family of a hockey player. And obviously, Anchor FM, phenomenal, 
phenomenal at hosting on multiple podcast platforms for us and calling themselves the easiest place to make a podcast. So if you love this world, you want to do what we're doing here, uh, go to Anchor FM. And uh, thanks as always. Thanks, Lorraine, for all your help. And uh, great for that bobblehead comment. Uh, yeah, that uh, that came from you. So give you credit. Uh, thanks for getting me going this weekend and getting this put uh, this podcast together with your help with the computers and stuff. And uh, thank you for tuning in. Thank you so much for all your love and support. And uh, give us some feedback on uh, yeah, what you think of the, the new podcast. And especially Todd Hancock, completemusicmedia.com. Um, check it out. Okay. Love you guys lots. Take care. Have a great week ahead. Bye for now.